0: This week on The Sport, blokes.
1: This week, we discuss the effect of anti vaxxers, key ins and outs, and burning questions as we tackle the Pacific Atlantic and Central divisions in the first part of our NBA preview. Oh,
0: yeah, and we might give a minute or two to the NRL Grand Final, too. Woo! Let's go! It's nearly nine o'clock on Tuesday, the 5th of October, as we do at the top every week. Shoey, what caught your attention and what'd you miss?
1: Well, I'm going to start off with the Beijing Winter Olympics. It's uh, hard to believe that it's only about, what, three and a half, four months until that starts? Is that really? Yeah. This is the joy of having a Summer Olympics the following year. Yeah. Is that it, it squishes yeah. it down to less Bloody than a year. Bloody hell. So it's just been announced that foreign spectators will be banned from the 2022 Winter Olympics, right. which is, I don't want to say surprising, but it's not surprising. No, it's not surprising. I <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to say I think this is the right decision to make. I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that there should be crowds at all. I mean, it's it's one of these things where you you're bringing all these people in there. It's bound to happen that someone's going to create a cluster. But anyway, we don't know. We said that the Tokyo Olympics were going to be a shit show, and they turned out. Pretty well, as far as we know. Yeah, I guess
0: the other interesting thing about Beijing, of course, is that the COVID nineteen virus probably originated in China. So that brings a whole, you know, additional element to it all. It
1: it does, it does, and and I guess the interesting thing is any athletes unvaccinated can still come in. They've just got to do their quarantine twenty one days, so a little bit longer than what we do here in Australia. It's kind of interesting because you look at all of these different leagues around the world and, and we will be talking a fair bit about the NBA today and it has been documented that the NBA has pretty much said to guys, look, if you're not vaccinated, there's no guarantee that you'll get to play depending mm. on where you are. So I do find it kind of interesting that they're letting people in that aren't vaccinated. I guess you've kind of got to include everyone if they provide a negative test. But I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on on this whole thing?
0: Oh, It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, as an athlete. 21 days is a long time to be quarantining, so it's not very good preparation. Mm. But if if you haven't been vaccinated, then you're going to be subject to harsher, stricter conditions. Mm. And that's true of everyone, athlete or
1: anything else. And it's a good point you bring up. I mean, we heard, obviously, all the hardship tales from people that came over to Australia for the Australian Open Tennis at the start of the year. And we've obviously heard them from many other different areas, but to to have 21 days, yeah, that is a very long time. And there's no guarantee that many of these people will have family with them because if they're not having foreign spectators coming in, you assume that it's probably not family either.
0: Oh, yeah, it'd be pretty limited, you'd have to think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see the sort of tales that we have coming out of this from people that are stir crazy after one week or two weeks, let alone the third one.
0: Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that will be interesting. So it's January, is it? Uh, February. February. Yeah. Okay.
1: So not too far away.
0: No, not at all.
1: Now, fifty-eight. Holy crap! Usually, when I talk about golf, it's me ranting about someone doing something that I'm pissed off about, like
0: an eleven-year-old hitting hole-in-one. Don't
1: remind me. I'd actually written down, like, fetuses to make holy ones because that's what I'm I'm expecting is going to be next. But this is one that I absolutely have to tip my hat to. Alejandro Del Rey, so he's playing in the Swiss Challenge over the weekend. He did something in the second round that we have never seen before. He shot a 58. Mm. Now, he joins a quartet of other guys to post that score, and I know you're sort of thinking, well, hang on, didn't you just say no one's done that? I'll get to it. So you had Rio Ishikawa, Stefan Jaeger, Jim Furyk, and Kim Seong Hyun, I believe it's pronounced. All four of them did that on past 70 courses, and he's done it on a past 72. So he's gone 14 under in one round.
0: Yeah, well. (laughs) The
1: the scary thing about this is that he actually parred the last three holes. So he was actually on for a, a 55 or a 56 at one stage. It's just, it's beyond belief. It's a ridiculous effort. And... He didn't even win the tournament.
0: <laughs> Shit.
1: He finished in a five-way tie for 10th. Wow. Seven shots back from the leader, Denmark's Marcus Helig-Kilde. Not bad, though, for a guy ranked 392nd in the world. Fair effort. Pretty good effort. Bloody good. Now, Laurel Hubbard, we've spoken a bit about Laurel's journeys through the, the transgender transformation and getting into the Olympics team for the, the female weightlifting. So... Laurel's actually just been awarded with the University of Otago Sportswoman of the Year Award, which I think is a, an amazing achievement and, you know, unfortunately didn't do too well in the actual Olympics bombing out before even getting one lift under the belt. But, uh, look, it's still – it's an amazing story. It is a great sign of the times. And, yeah,
0: yeah, they are a changer.
1: And well done. How about yourself, mate?
0: Well, we had one yesterday at the quiz. So there was a bloke in a Milwaukee Bucks Yana Santacumpo shirt. Mm. And I went up to him and I'm like, oh, mate, great shirt. Like, how was that game six performance? One of the best I've ever seen in my life. And he gave me this look, the sort of look that I probably give Jehovah's Witnesses when they come to the door. <laughs> Like, he had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Please, come in. Yeah, like, I just... And it was weird because I we'd inter- it wasn't even one of those kind of like, oh, I don't want to talk to you, Mr. MC guy. Like, we'd interacted earlier in the night, too. Mm. So, like, me and the one of our best mates who we run it with, we were making a joke about Demir Dokic, and he chimed in about that. So, it wasn't even like he was... Yeah, it was just weird. Mm. And it kind of goes to my girlfriend's theory uh, that you should never wear... This comes to band t-shirts. You should never wear a band t-shirt if you can't talk about them with some level of passion when someone goes, what do you think of this album? Or, you know. Do
1: you know, I've actually seen a video on YouTube of a guy going up to people at festivals and asking them nice. to. Nice. Like people that are wearing moderate. Yeah, not, They're not yeah, just wearing yeah. like Metallica shirts. Well, it's like when like the
0: Kardashians were seen in Slayer shirts and yeah. it's like, yeah, name, go on, name, name one name, song. Well, that's it. He's asking guys to name yeah. three songs. And yeah
1: people like, oh, I'm a massive fan, and they'll get one song in, and, yep. and that'll be it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting theory, that one.
0: Yeah. And then the other one, Iron Mike Tyson is set to act in a Bollywood film called Liger about a boxer with a speech impediment. I was
1: about to say, is that him trying to say tiger? Yeah, well, it's about
0: a boxer. Well, a liger is a lion and a no, tiger, I, yeah. Man. Yeah. I know this from a Napoleon dynamite. No, no, I, um, I'm
1: certainly familiar with ligers. I just yeah. thought maybe that was his piss poor attempt at saying tiger because he's.
0: Yeah, but you know, a boxer with a speech impediment. So I don't think there'll be much method acting going on. Uh, any acting. Yeah, at all. <laughs> I think that one. The, the most disappointing thing in that one was, though, the article mentioned all this acting that he'd done and it didn't mention Mike Tyson mysteries. My favourite. Oh, An RIP Norm now. Norm MacDonald, Voices yes, Pigeon. Yes, very true. That was a sudden. Well, it wasn't that sudden. It turned out he'd been battling cancer for a long time, but he was very private. But that's
1: to say a lot of these celebrities are keeping it very private yeah, nowadays. Yeah. I mean, look at Sean Locke. He yeah, well, that was He sad one. right up until the last minute. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Before this becomes a pop culture podcast, hmm. though. Yes, true. So I guess we've got to talk about the Rugby League Grand Final in the NRL. Now, we're not big fans. It's got to be said. To be honest, the biggest thing for me as someone who doesn't really follow rugby league was more about what didn't happen in the match, but what happened beforehand with the welcome to country that was cut off by the Australian national anthem, mm. leaving JT not looking too happy at oh, all. Wow. And a lot of people on Twitter understandably saying, How's the mm, symbolism? yeah, exactly. Oh That's God. a pretty terrible metaphor. Yeah. That is. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. But congratulations to Penrith.
1: Yeah. 14-12 over the Rabbitohs. They actually avenged a 16-10 loss in the first week of the finals, which I thought was interesting. But, geez, i tell you what, the Panthers played some low-scoring finals. They they beat Parramatta 8-6. They beat the Storm 10-6. They upset the Storm, yeah. And, and before they took out the Decider 14-12. So none of the teams that were involved in their games got past 16. It was, uh, yeah, look, it was a pretty decent game. But, yeah, I think for me as well, just as much, and, and it was an exciting game. It, it actually came down to a missed conversion with I don't know all of about 14 minutes left in the game. Unfortunately a a drop goal that would have tied the game up came up a bit short, actually bounced over the crossbar, but no. apparently it doesn't count. So interesting. But yeah, for me it was the off field stuff as well. So Brian Tall, how is this oh yeah, <laughs> <how's> <laughs> the his, proposal. How, yeah, it <laughs> proposes to his fiance Moisha Crichton Rapati. Then celebrated by giving her a lap dance in the change rooms and he did some weird roundhouse move and kicked her sunglasses off her head. Nearly, <laughs> nearly took her head off. Well done, though. But, uh, yeah, just a, a good celebration. Good to see the guys having a bit of fun. Uh, you know, and it, and it follows on from the Melbourne Demons and, and the way that they had fun. And you could just see the camaraderie, the, the, the friendships that were were clearly evident in those times.
0: That's about the extent of our rugby uh, analysis. Yep. What would you miss, mate?
1: Well, I missed the VMAs the other no, I'm kidding. Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so did Nicki Minaj. Yeah, well, well, well. <laughs> we'll talk about that later well, too.
1: Well. No, look, I didn't actually get to see more than the highlights of the Brooklyn Nets domination of the Lakers in the first preseason game, something that I know that you are absolutely in love with. <laughs> No, look, we make no secrets about not being particularly excited about these. And look, no LeBron it's James. The pre- there's
0: no reason to be excited about. Well, there it. is
1: the fucking preseason. No LeBron, no Russell Westbrook, no Carmelo Anthony, no Durant, no Harden, no Irving.
0: No desire to
1: win. So meh.
0: You're just trying to get out of there without an injury. Mm. Yeah, no. So far. Meaningless. Mm. Fucking meaningless.
1: <laughs> Tell <laughs> us what you really think. Nathan. What'd you miss,
0: mate? <laughs> I didn't see as much uh, NFL. Over the weekend slash the last couple of days, as I normally do. So I watched the majority of the first half of the Philadelphia versus Kansas City game, kind of flicking across to the Browns and Vikings game here and there. But uh, I never ended up seeing the second half of those ones. So.
1: See that beauty between the Bills and Texans.
0: Yes, yeah. Well, I got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Although I still didn't win this week. But uh, yes,
1: for anyone playing at home, that was a forty to nothing game. That one. So. Yes,
0: good win for the Bills.
1: Not worth watching.
0: Oh yeah. Well, the, the Texans are in all sorts of trouble.
1: See the uh, the Giants and Saints was probably the game of the round.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that one wasn't shown here. Otherwise, I would love to have watched mm. that one. Yeah, it went to OT, so absolutely. absolutely. But there are, again, another good weekend of games. Yeah, mm. plenty going on. So, Stewie, the NBA. It's right around the corner. It is hard to believe that less than a year ago, so not a calendar year, but 365 days, they hadn't even finished the NBA finals of the Lakers Heat Series. Mm. We're going to have a part of three different seasons over a three hundred and sixty-five day period. It's remarkable.
1: It is. I'm certainly not complaining. No, <laughs> yes, that's right. It's you know, as someone who's gone through a couple of lockdown seasons over the course of my viewing career. Well,
0: not to mention all those years where it was virtually impossible to get your hands on games in Australia yeah, as well. Zero complaints. Yeah. No, we had a lot of many years to make up. Mm-hmm. So, Shui, before we do get stuck into our previews, we've got to handle this vaccine thing again. Bradley Beal was, I don't know if you saw that interview in the end, he just seemed like an indignant douchebag. I've lost a bit of respect for him, I've got to say, Mm -hmm. actually. But Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, was very articulate and it did make me kind of second guess. Like, oh, am I being too hard on people that don't want to get vaccinated? It is their body.
1: Absolutely, it is their body. But at the same time, it's the owner's money. So if they choose not to pay them, I think they're well within their rights.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the league did say if they're not playing, they're not being paid. But also it's the responsibility thing. So everyone always thinks about rights and bangs on about their rights, but they forget that rights have responsibilities attached. And it's not just about yourself. It's about getting other people sick. And we talked about last week, staff members who are worried about their families and, and that sort of thing. And it was so weird in the Bradley Beal thing because I rewatched that too, and he answered his own question. He said, "Why should I get the vaccine if all it does means I'm less likely to go to hospital or die?" So you answered your own question. You answered your own question. <laughs> exactly. you your own question. Hmm. So how's this? I looked at uh, there was a recent study in America from LA County, and it concluded that 96 percent of all COVID nineteen cases, 96.9 of COVID hospitalizations, and 97.3 of deaths. Between the 17th of January and the 17th of August, were among people who did not have any vaccination protection. The proof really is in the pudding. The difference between getting severely ill or dying and staying out of hospital is night and day. And I saw a tweet of hospital ramping in Victoria, and it was it was chilling. It was it was just really sad to see. Mm. So, although Jonathan Isaac's articulate. Uh, responses to questions did have me second guess for half a second it was only half a second now the funny thing was it was actually his birthday so the nba account on twitter tweeted a happy birthday to jonathan isaac and you can imagine some of the responses they were fucking classic so i've cherry picked a few here so there's one rj's goat rj barrett's goat (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i quote I did my own research. I listened to Donald Trump press conferences and researched the history of birthdays. I've concluded that today is not Jonathan Isaac's birthday and I will not be celebrating it. Please respect my personal decision. <laughs> That's great. Full Dissident said, good thing the NBA players are no longer putting messages on the back of their jerseys. I can see it now. Need for more information. Doing my own research. <laughs> respect my privacy. Besties <laughs> with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. And this is the other thing. Did you see Ted Cruz actually did a tweet? I stand with Kyrie Irving and Jonathan Isaac and Andrew Wiggins, right? And he used this hashtag saying "Your body, your choice." This is a what? this is a guy what? who's a senator in Texas where the abortion laws are so fucking draconian. Are you kidding? Yeah, your body, your choice. Yeah, well done, Ted. <laughs> Your body, your choice. If you say something against vaccinations that suits my rhetoric.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: fuck you, Ted Cruz. A couple of other ones. Uh, Brian Bahia, literally name a single medicine you've taken in your entire life where you had to do your own research before consuming. These Flintstones chewable vitamins <laughs> look all right, but I'm going to run a double blind chest just to be sure. <laughs> run out of
1: Flintstones chewable morphine. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to finish with Robin Lopez, finish with one of the players himself. I've decided to haze the magic rookies by making them get me the newest issues of National Geographic, Popular Science and The New Yorker when they come out. And we're going to have a little magazine club and talk about what we've read. It will be delightful and you can't join. (laughs) So good on Robin Lopez trying to educate the anti-vaxxers and the idiots in this team. Yeah, so there you go. All right, let's get stuck into our preview. So we'll start with our winners, shall we?
1: Well, we'll start with the central division and sort of get that out the way because aside <laughs> from Milwaukee, it's pretty grim. Slim it's pretty grim, unfortunately. <laughs> so, what we kind of wanted to do was have a look at last season in terms of how that how each of these teams went. A little bit of a look at the ins and outs, or some of the key ins and outs. I'm going to go through every single one of them. In no. the case of the Lakers, that would be an entire episode on its own. Yes. But uh, and just sort of, I guess look at maybe one of the key questions to look at for these teams as we go into this season.
0: And because we're so close to the start of the season, we'll do three divisions this week and then we'll finish with three next week as well. So let's start with our winners, of course, Stewie, the Milwaukee Bucks. They finished 46-26, and which was good enough for third in the East. Their longest winning streak was eight in early March. Their longest losing streak was five in mid-February. They had to handle one postponement, but albeit taking a few punches from the Phoenix Suns, they won in very, very impressive fashion indeed on their home court in game six, one one for the ages.
1: Took some pretty decent punches from Brooklyn before they even got there. Well, that's true too. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a lot that's been mentioned about Kevin Durant's shoes sure, costing them <laughs> pretty much a championship. So
0: well, yeah, yeah. Sliding doors. Absolutely we'll get to Brooklyn tonight too.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, look, obviously an amazing season for Milwaukee. Hasn't been an amazing off season, I have to say. If we look at some of their ins, Grayson Allen, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Sammy Ojolet, that's probably the four big ones.
0: George Hill coming back, of course.
1: Yes, exactly for another right. State, yeah. But I think their outs are a lot bigger. So they've lost Bryn Forbes back to San Antonio. PJ Tucker's decided to jump ship.
0: That's a huge one. Going
1: going to Miami. Huge. And then Jeff Teague and Justin Jackson off the bench as well. I think PJ Tucker might be the biggest loss yeah. out of all of those. Definitely. Statistically speaking, he doesn't put up huge numbers. But he's one of these guys that just does so much stuff that doesn't show up in a box score. I
0: test player. Especially come playoff time. I mean, PJ's on that roster for, or on any roster now, basically. And he's gone to another very good team in Miami. He has. For playoffs. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a big loss. That's a big loss.
1: So, my question is basically, if Brooklyn stays healthy, and that is a very, very big if based on last season, or if they just turn up, if we're talking about Kyrie, <laughs> are Milwaukee deep enough now to win the East?
0: I think they are. I think. We kind of forget that Vincenzo didn't play in the finals. He's a pretty bloody important player for them. Really rot- high rotation guy. So he would have been very useful in the playoffs and he will be useful come next playoffs if he's healthy. So, yeah, I think they can they can weather that. Are they the favourites? Probably not. But I think they would be red hot chance to repeat. Absolutely.
1: I worry a bit about their bench. So looking at their bench, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, Ojalee, Rodney Hood's listed about the fourth small forward. So it's not a particularly deep bench.
0: No, they could probably do with another big.
1: Yeah, well, they're going to have to play Um, small ball with Bobby Portis.
0: Yeah, I mean, Giannis will be well and truly playing power forward. Mm. Yeah.
1: And this is the other thing with losing PJ Tucker, is he's a guy who can play a really, really cool small ball five Corner threes, a lot of rebounds. Oh a lot yeah, of hustle. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a big one.
0: I'd still expect them to at least be conference finalists.
1: Yeah, I think anything less than that would be a big failure, especially oh, yeah, obviously after last year. Yeah. They're going to run into some teams that are ready for some revenge, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I dare say, you know, Brooklyn obviously being the obvious one will be championing a bit to have another goal at Milwaukee, and and if they've got all three of their guys at close to hundred percent. It's going to be hard for Milwaukee to get back.
0: Next, we have the Indiana Pacers. They finished 34 and 38, which was good enough for ninth in the East, which, of course, was good enough for a play-in game as well. Their longest winning streak was three on three different occasions. Their longest losing streak was four on two different occasions. They also had to wear the postponements, this case, on two occasions. My question to you is, though, Stewie, how big is the Karis Levert injury? Because it's been reported he has a stress fracture in his back.
1: Well, this is the thing. So the Indiana Pacers, on paper, their starting five, looks almost as good as any in the league, unless that bit of paper is a doctor's prognosis. <laughs> it just it doesn't look great when you take him out of that lineup. I mean, you've got Brogdon Sabonis, Miles Turner. TJ Warren obviously had a, a really, really great bubble, but yeah, his season a while ago now. after that wasn't amazing.
0: Well, and he's battled some injury trouble too. So,
1: And then you go to their bench and really, I mean, TJ McConnell had a really, really great season. Jeremy Lamb was solid shooting the ball, but aside from that,
0: Tori Craig, obviously uh, known to NBL fans as well, yeah, well, he's a handy pickup.
1: Tory Craig was pretty much the only in that I had of any note.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: they, they, they did nothing over the course of the off season. They lost Doug McDermott to your Spurs, so yeah, I, I just I can't see Indiana being any more relevant than they were last season.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they could. Make the playoffs, but I think they'll be also around... The Karis LeVert injury, I think, is probably enough to maybe make them miss the playoffs. They might get in that play-in I think spot.
1: That's the best thing they can hope for. Really. Yeah,
0: probably, probably. And Miles, they really yeah. need Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon to pretty much have career seasons. I think to mm-hmm. have any chance.
1: Well, I think there's enough teams below them that did enough over the course of the off season that might push them out.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of teams below them that did a lot in the offseason, the Chicago Bulls finished 31 and 41, which was good enough for 11th in the East. Their longest winning streak was three on four different occasions. Their longest losing streak was six in mid April, but they have quite a few good little players.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, probably the two big ones. Look, let's not underestimate Alex Caruso. Let's not underestimate Stanley Johnson. I think the. And
0: Vucevic is fairly new too, the deadline deal. He
1: is. He is. I think probably the most underrated signing of any team is Derek Jones Jr.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Love, yeah, very handy.
1: Derek Jones Jr. Yep. So this is one of these signings where you put him on a team with Lonzo Ball who likes to throw the lob.
0: And that was a good signing too. It's got to be said.
1: It was. It was. Getting a guy who okay. He's he, look, he hasn't really developed into the player. I think a lot of people thought he would.
0: But his shots improving.
1: His shots improved dramatically. Yep. He's on a team where he doesn't need to shoot the ball a lot. He actually needs to facilitate a lot more on this team anyway with DeRozan and Vucevic, and I guess Kobe White as well, guys that like to, to take shots. And when you look at what they gave up, it really wasn't much. Okay, Thomas Sadaransky was a solid guy for the for them in the backcourt. and I thought was disappointing right from the get-go. Yeah, I've I, never been a fan. I
0: reckon he's soft.
1: I know you've never been a huge fan. Yeah. Daniel Tice, okay, it would have been nice to keep him, but... You know, you've got to give up something to get something. So,
0: Alex Caruso was a handy pickup, too. Very tenacious, good little defender, can run the team off the bench. So,
1: yeah, you'd love these energy guys off the bench. And that's where guys like him and Derek Jones Jr. I think will be really, really good running that second unit.
0: And there's reason to believe Zach Levine will be even better after a pretty good Olympics, too.
1: Well, this is a contract year for him as well. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So, yep. there is, yeah, every reason to believe that he's going to be putting in everything. Is this the most intriguing team in the league?
0: It's certainly it's one of them. Absolutely, I think they could finish as high as fourth or fifth if everything goes right for them. Obviously, as a Spurs fan, I got to see a fair bit of Demata Rosen, and I really loved what he did. He's you know he cops a lot of flack, but he's a really good playmaker. He you can rely on him as a scorer too. So yeah, I think this is a not a championship team, and maybe they are kind of going to be mired in mediocrity for a while, depending on how you define mediocrity. If Fourth or fifth seed is mediocrity. But, yeah, I think they're super intriguing.
1: See, I've actually... It's funny you said fourth or fifth. I actually had that as my ceiling for them was fourth or fifth. But I also said that they do have a basement that's somewhere around 10 or 11.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. A big injury. I mean, that's true of any team.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But but I worry about their depth as well. So I think their starters might have to play a fair few minutes.
1: I See, I don't mind their bench. I really actually don't mind Well, it's because you
0: bench. love Jones Jr. Well,
1: I, I do. I do. But... Yeah, Tony Bradley's solid. You've got Caruso, as you mentioned. Kobe White's one of these guys that can come in and light up. Stanley Johnson, pretty solid defender, decent shooter. So they've they've got some pieces around that.
0: And maybe Patrick Williams is a bit of a wild card too. He's projected to start at power forward for them.
1: Mm. So look, I think this is a Bulls team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them more on the high end of that sort of you know, battling for fourth and fifth, battling for home court, I guess, in the playoffs. So they,
0: they should make the playoffs without needing a play-in spot, I think.
1: I would think so, definitely.
0: Next, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is a weird one for me. 22-50 and 50 last season, which was good enough for third... Ba- ba- bad enough. <laughs> yeah, for 13th in the East. Their longest winning streak was four in late February. Their longest losing streak was 11 in late April, early May. They only won six of their last 30, which makes sense, given that they were tanking by that stage. They won their first three games of the season, though. Uh, and they did have a couple of postponements as well, like most teams in the league. Weird roster, isn't that?
1: Yeah, the song Cleveland Rocks was definitely not written about this Cavaliers no, team, honestly. definitely not. Definitely not. It's, it's intriguing in a couple of different ways. So I guess looking at the backcourt. The young
0: guards, yeah. Yeah,
1: Colin Sexton took a really big leap last year. He looks like the sort of guy who's, I guess, ready to be an all-star.
0: Could play a bad team, though, probably. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But look at someone like Zach Levine who was tarnished with that brush. Yeah, well,
0: and look, I I was guilty when it came to that. So absolutely, yeah.
1: But we will see now. This is the time for Levine to turn it around. And I guess Sexton could be the next guy. Darius Garland, I think a lot of people are looking at now saying, is this the the season that he now takes that same step? They'll be
0: learning behind Ricky Rubio too, the the young guards. Yeah.
1: that was a really, really canny pickup by Cleveland getting in Rubio. So, they're an interesting team. They're yeah. an interesting team. And
0: Evan Mobley, of course. A lot of people thought he should have been the number one pick.
1: I think the Mobley pickup is fascinating with the whole Jarrett Allen. Thing. Yeah. $100 million is a lot of money for, yeah, for, yeah. for that. And I guess the other question is what, Kevin Love, do you get? Do you get the one that gives a shit or do you get the one that just drops the ball and yeah. lets, lets other teams get layups? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's an interesting one. I mean, they did lose some big pieces as well. They lost Larry Nance Jr. I think he went to Portland. Yeah,
0: for Markinen, basically. And why? Like, they could have kept Nance Jr. for a lesser price than Markinen, who's, in my mind, an inferior player. Yep. I find that one really weird.
1: It is It is an unusual one. So, yeah, look, I don't think we can expect anything more than 22 and 50. Maybe, maybe a couple extra wins. But it's it's just hard to see Cleveland doing much this season.
0: But I think it would require basically their backcourt to play really well and guys like CeeDee Osman to probably take the next step as well.
1: Yeah, well, he's kind of become the forgotten guy really since LeBron left. I mean, he was really big in their rotation the last season LeBron was in Cleveland. And ever since, I mean, I guess ever since Ty Lue left as well, they've just kind of forgotten about him and... Yeah, now he's sort of buried in that backup role to guys who came in way after him. I mean, Okoro came in last season and started ahead of him. So, pretty, yeah, pretty disappointing, I guess. And, and he's a very talented player.
0: And when you throw him in with guys like Denzel Valentine, they have a lot of big tweeners a little bit, you know. Mm. like Markkinen's kind of... I can't see Markkinen... Markkinen's a weird one for me because I don't think he's good enough to play small forward. And he's too soft to play big. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan at all. I'm so glad the Spurs didn't get in.
1: You look at this team, they've actually got a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder. So that's probably the one big positive for Cleveland is they will have guys that will want to play hard and want to show people that they were wrong. I mean, Valentine's such a great example. He was one of these guys, had a really good rookie season in Chicago, and then you practically never heard of him. They could go either way, couldn't they? They, they
0: could. They I, could surprise.
1: I don't think they'll be pushing for a playoff berth. I, oh, no, I wouldn't
0: have thought. Maybe the 10th seed if they're lucky for a play-in opportunity.
1: I think maybe 30 and 52 would be a ceiling for them around there. But, look, it's not, this is how little I care about the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. My question was, did you know that Anderson Varejao played for them last season? <laughs> <laughs> that was about the most exciting yes, thing I, I did. could come yeah, up with. Yeah, Played yeah. a two 10-day contracts. Yeah. I, I just I couldn't care less about this team right now.
0: And then finally in the Central Stewart, we have the Detroit Pistons, who were last in the East, 20 and 52, which of course helped them get the number one pick. Their longest winning streak was two on two different occasions, which is about as good as it gets when you only win 20 games. Their longest losing streak was only five, though, and that was to finish the season, again, tank mode. They had four postponements scattered throughout the course of the season, and they, of course, also traded Derek Rose to New York mid-season last season.
1: Mm. Which, at the time, I kind of scratched my head and thought, oh, I don't, don't know if I like that, but it kind of makes sense. They're very much playing the youth card.
0: That's right. They were, I think they were going for draft picks, but it also opened up more time for Killian Hayes. Yeah. The, the ones that I really like in Detroit are Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay had a pretty good season last season, and there's all every reason to believe he'll take the next step.
1: And Jeremy Grant, I, I mean, he I was... We're so, big raps for him. I was so gutted as an OKC fan when he left for basically a bag of peanuts.
0: And I was gutted when he left Denver too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, look, it's, it's a fun team. I think they might be a little bit too young. Like, there's... I mean, you look at it and you're like, which guys on this roster have more than five seasons. You've got Corey Joseph and Trey Lyles.
0: Yeah, but basically their veteran presence is Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph, yeah. yeah. Or Trey, yeah, I guess Trey, Trey Lyles.
1: Yeah, they, like, I'm got- not a
0: massive fan of his. He played with the Spurs last season. I don't, yeah, yeah.
1: You don't have to hate a guy just because he played for the Spurs. And no, no, doesn- no. He doesn't I, play well, no, for him no, No, no,
0: no. I saw him more because he played for the Spurs, and mm. I'm not all that big on him. So I'm not disappointed he left. No, that's fair
1: enough. He's one of those guys where, yeah, just, I'm not even sure he knows what he wants yeah, to be as a player. Yeah. He's another big tweener,
0: actually. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: there's just, as I say, I look at this team and I, I would not be surprised if Killian Hayes loses his starting role to Corey Joseph at some stage
0: or they move Cunningham to point guard.
1: Well, yeah, you could see Josh Jackson move into that small um, that small forward or the shooting guard role. or They could throw up some some very different lineups, I guess. I mean, Hamadou Diallo, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a, a bit of a shot as well.
0: Throwing up is the uh, key phrase, I think, Stewie, because I don't think they'll be throwing up enough three-pointers. I worry about their shooting this team.
1: Well, yeah, Sadiq Bae is pretty much the only guy that yeah. I would be... Oh, Corey Joseph's a pretty handy shooter as well. But, yeah, there's not many guys. I mean, again, Jeremy Grant can shoot the ball, Linux can so there's all a whole bunch of
0: miles can, there's guys that can, can yeah but do you want to be playing them 30 minutes a game?
1: But should they, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and look, maybe look, they they probably need to tank another year anyway. So maybe you do.
1: Yeah. The the thing that kind of scares me about them is if you look at their ins, they've got five rookies that have come in this season. There's a lot of guys that have not played in this league before. Yeah, I, I just I honestly think with a team that young. You cannot expect anything. And, no. and look, they may be playing the exact same game that, that teams like OKC and, and I guess the Sacramento Kings to a lesser extent have played over the past few years where it's just stock up on all these young guys, yep. get them as much experience as you can, and then build through the draft. See what can happen. Yep. yep. And now, this week in sport history. October 5th, 1941, Brooklyn Dodgers mm. catcher Mickey Owens drops a ball after what was called strike three, and batter Tom Henrik safely manages to reach first base for the New York Yankees. This would become a famous World Series error as it would have been the final out of the game, giving Brooklyn a 4-3 win and tying the series at 2-all. Instead, Joe DiMaggio singled, and Charlie Keller hit a double to drive Henrik and DiMaggio home, and two batters later, Joe Gordon would also double, bringing Keller and Bill Dickey home after Dickey reached first base on a walk. The Yankees would win the game 7-4 and the series 4-1.
0: October 5th, 2003, Kansas City wide receiver Dante Hall scores on a game-winning 93-yard punt return in the Chiefs' 24-23 victory over the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium. His return for a score in an NFL record fourth straight game.
1: Ridiculous.
0: This is around when I started to really get into the NFL and they're a decent Chiefs team, but four games in a row to return, that is ridiculous.
1: That touchdown... It just defies belief. He had to change directions four times. Yeah.
0: Oh, he's
1: <laughs> like, run to the left. Oh, crap. There's like five guys there. Run to the right. Oh, it's even worse. It's like, it's like butt running. So like there's crocodiles on one side, and then electric eels <laughs> on the other, and then back to the crocs. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. And then he all of a sudden he just turns back again and it's like there's wide open spaces.
0: And so often in these things, the, the yardage can only be the yard of the, the length of the field, but they often run way more than, than,
1: he would have run 120 yards. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Easy. October 9th, 1997, North Carolina's record winning college basketball head coach, Dean Smith, retires after 36 years at the helm of the Tar Heels with a record of 879 and 254, good for fifth winningest coach of all time. Bob Huggins might overtake that soon. And Roy Williams on the coaching tree was also very close to that figure. And again, Michael Jordan's first coach in college and a guy who has a very impressive coaching tree indeed.
1: Absolutely. And finally, October 10th, 1892, on their way home from an annual interport match in Shanghai, 11 of the 13 members of the Hong Kong national cricket team are tragically killed when the SS Bokara they were on sank during a typhoon off the coast of Taiwan. Sadly, only 23 of the 148 people on board survived. The club was actually founded in 1851 and they played against Shanghai from 1866 onwards all the way up until 1948. This was actually the second game in a home and away series with the previous match played in Hong Kong in February with Hong Kong winning by an inning and 132 runs behind a century from Captain John Dunn. But in Shanghai, the Hong Kong side could only manage scores of 78 and 79 and were beaten comfortably. This week in sport history.
0: Let's shoot across to the Pacific Division in the West, we'll start now with our runners-up, the Phoenix Suns, who surprised many. Including ourselves, I think, in spite of the great bubble that they had 51 and 21, which was good enough for second in the West. So they were runners up, as I mentioned. Their longest winning streak was seven, which was late March, early April. Their longest losing streak was just three in late January, including an overtime loss to Denver one night and then a double overtime loss to Denver a couple of nights later. And both of them were in Phoenix. So if that Denver team had been full strength, it would have been a much more entertaining, possibly different result as well in the playoffs. But alas, that is not what happened. What do you reckon about those
1: sons? I love what they've done over the course of this. They've lost a couple of key players. Tory Craig, as we mentioned, already has gone. Javon Carter, Langston Galloway. Guys that were kind of on the fringe of their their playoff roster but weren't getting huge minutes. But I love the the guys that brought in, Alfred Payton, as a backup to a backup. And we have to assume that after a full season, Chris Paul will get injured at some stage. Yeah, but Payton
0: can play swingman role too. He,
1: he can, but yeah. he's a, a very good playmaker. Him and Cameron Payne can easily run that that show. And
0: Cameron Payne was fantastic in the playoffs when Paul was injured too. Yeah. So Craig Craig, play, Craig played some good playoff minutes for them too. That that will be a bit of a loss, yeah, but but those are They're they're a very good team. Well, this is it. Yeah, add
1: more shooting in Landry Shamit. What was the other really big thing that Phoenix were lacking in the playoffs last season? When DeAndre Ayton was off the floor, they had nothing because yep. Darius Irish was out.
0: Yeah, McGee McGee's a good backup.
1: McGee is a very, very solid backup. He's yep. a guy that, as we've seen over the years, he doesn't need the ball on offense. He'll catch lobs, he'll rebound, he'll block shots. He'll make funny bloopers from time to time. <laughs> so he gives you that comic relief as well. But
0: that's basically what you want out of your backup center.
1: Exactly. So I guess the obvious question is, do the Suns deserve to start as favorites in the Western Conference?
0: Oh, no, I don't think so. No? No.
1: They won the West. They upgraded several key positions.
0: Yeah, but I also felt like they maybe caught lightning in the bottle a little bit. Chris Paul's a year older. I know I say it every time, but that contract won't age well, surely. They'll still be right up there. They'll be top three, top four in the West. But they're the hunted now too, you have to remember. Yeah. They obviously defeated the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, which was a surprise to many. Not me. No, well done to you. But the Lakers will be coming hard after them too. So, yeah, I don't think they're favourites in the West, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made it back to the final either.
1: I think they're good enough to be a top two. You've got to remember that Denver will be without Jamal Murray for a decent portion. Oh yeah, of the they're season. definitely
0: good enough. Absolutely, Clippers
1: will be without Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, for a huge yeah. Huge portion of the season. No, it's a good point. The Lakers will get injured at some stage. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, teams like
0: Golden State will pick up. You'd have to think.
1: Yeah, but will they, will they pick up that far? Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about them in a minute. Yes, we will. But uh, look, I, I honestly think that Phoenix. I would have them as favourites. I really would. Yeah. I, okay. I, think, I yeah. think there's enough key injuries to big players around the West. Um, I think the only other team really that kind of scares me for, for knocking them off at the moment is Utah.
0: And, and you look, you're probably right. They're, it is a good season for them as far as some of their opposition is concerned, being a bit underdone. And guys like Bridges and Johnson exceeded expectations in the playoffs big time. Then they've got that Jay Crowder, who's a perfect playoff guy as well. So yeah, no, they, it wouldn't surprise me if they were right up there once again. Next we have... The LA Clippers, 47-25, which was good enough for fourth in the West. Their longest winning streak was seven on two different occasions. Their longest losing streak was three on two different occasions. As you mentioned, though, the Kawhi Leonard injury is huge, which basically makes them also rants.
1: Can, can we talk about Kawhi Leonard for a second? Please. So there's this real crazy story that's come out. It's no secret at all that Kawhi Leonard is a diva. <laughs> Yes. But I saw an article during the week about Leonard needing his own private space for his pregame routine, which is diva ish enough. Yeah. But occasionally he occupies female staff as locker rooms.
0: Yeah, that's, that's shit.
1: Isn't he just a piece of shit, that bloke? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right. we, we've spoken about all these different things that he's done that shows that in his mind he is better than everyone else. Yeah. The,
0: the old helicopter chartered helicopter flights from San Diego. And he's a complete diva. Yeah.
1: Complete. That's like next level. Mm. You know, we're we, we're talking about gender equality, and he goes and takes the female staffers' room completely yeah, yeah. for his pre-game warm-up.
0: Yeah, dick star players. Mm.
1: So yes, the Clippers look. They've they've made some good pickups. Eric Bledsoe in the backcourt is a pretty pretty handy pickup. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. Yep, yep. Goes back to the team that drafted him,
1: and he certainly makes up for the loss of Pat Beverly and Rajon Rondo to an extent.
0: Yeah, Rondo played less in the playoffs than I expected. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But then guys like Terence Mann were fantastic too. So, yeah, and yeah.
1: there's a lot of talk that he will be very, very much in the running for most improved players. Oh,
0: actually. that <laughs> game against Phoenix where he just... <laughs> he just He's a man's man. Oh, he went off. He was crazy.
1: But then you've got Justice Winslow. He's one of these unknown commodities that has just kind of been promising for the last, what? five, six yeah, years Yeah, I
0: think another one of those blue-chip college guys that came out of a big school and maybe got picked
1: too high in the end. Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. So, yeah, look, they've got some good ins. Again, they've got a very, very solid starting five. I like Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe in the starting five. I mean, Paul George, we know what you're going to get with him. Morris, pretty decent player. Hopefully,
0: Ibaka will not be too banged up as well. So, he's a very good player that didn't really feature in the playoffs as well at times. Yeah. So.
1: So, that, like, they've got a decent enough depth, but very much going back to what you just said, yeah, are the Clippers good enough without Kawhi Leonard? And they'll be without him for most of the season. Yeah. Look, if they can get themselves into a
0: fifth or sixth seed even, they could potentially win from there. So, if, if Kawhi... They, they could still win the championship if Kawhi can come back in time and not be too different from his pre-injured self.
1: And this is the thing. How different is he going to be? And yeah. How how rusty, how much time is it going to take for him to get back into the flow of the offense? Yeah, every seven game series that he's a part of, you're very much a chance. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. He, yeah. He pre- and they'll be super defensive once again. They're a really good defensive team. So and
1: that's that's one of it's the good, things.
0: good elements. Yeah. This is
1: one of the things that Eric Bledsoe brings. And a lot of people forget how good a defensive player he is. He's very much just a slightly poor man's Drew Holiday. Yeah, yep. So you get a lot of really good things on defense from this team. Yeah, maybe that's how they need to play. They maybe need to grind a few games out rather than being that fancy team and pretty basketball team that you would expect from the Clippers when they've got Leonard. But yeah, if they sneak into five or six... There's going to be a lot of teams. This is going to kind of be like the 2-7 matchup last season. Where yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, No one were, will want to play them. Well, that's it. Where the Lakers were the favourites against yep. Phoenix yep. from the 7 seed, the Clippers would be the favourites against almost anyone from yep. a 6 or a 7. So
0: I worry about their big depth. So if Ibaka is out for too long, that what, that could be problematic for them. I mean, I don't mind Zubac as a player, Yeah, but, but I worry about their depth.
1: And then it's Harry Giles, or yeah. you have to go small ball with Nicholas Batum. And he's
0: a year older too. I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah, well, that's... And he was good last season in the playoffs, but yeah.
1: And look, you like guys along those lines of Batum who can stretch the floor out. I mean, if you've... Obviously, he's got to match up with a centre on the other end, if it's someone like an Anthony Davis or a Nikola Jokic or those sorts of guys. And there's a lot of
0: good bigs in the West. They're
1: incredibly (laughs) stacked. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, it's not as easy on the other end, but if you're bringing some of those shot blockers out to 20, 25 feet, that's when you're going to get the advantage. We've got guys like Paul George can get into the lane, and you know Reggie Jackson as well loves to attack. So and again, he
0: was superb in the playoffs too. So,
1: so you just never know. Just never know with the Clippers.
0: Next, we have the well, at least for now, cohabitants of the Staples Center until the Clips get their own stadium. The Lakers forty-two and thirty, which was good enough for just seventh in the West. Their longest winning streak was seven games in late January, early February. Their longest losing streak was four on two different occasions. But in the end, after a very entertaining play-in game against Golden State, they didn't have enough to beat Phoenix, and they were out in the first round—a very rare occurrence for LeBron, indeed.
1: Well, I mean, that just comes down to Anthony Davis's calf not yeah. playing, not playing up or was it thigh, or whatever it was, yeah. some form of leg injury. <sighs> okay, <laughs> get comfortable. Yes. The ins and outs. Yes. Look, the ins are huge. There's no two ways about it. Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Rajon Rondo, and Cam's finest, Cam Oliver.
0: Yeah, Cam Oliver.
1: Maybe not. Maybe not finest, but one of their, <laughs> one of their better ones. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. Yeah. So every single one of those guys is relevant. This is the thing. When I was sort of looking at these lists half the names that i was writing down had no real relevance to the plans but every single one of those players is going to play minutes somewhere along the line they're just so old yeah
0: i mean i hate to think what their average age is
1: oh, i'd be in the 30s
0: yeah it's like this it's such a weird one for me because on paper obviously the names are incredible and if if we're judging on paper then maybe hand in the championship maybe even ahead of brooklyn but how will russell and LeBron co sharing the ball. How how will Carmelo fit? How will their defense be now that they've lost guys like Caldwell Pope? Um, you know, I know Ares come in, but he's pretty bloody old now too. How much are they going to get out of him? So, the, yeah, the Lakers is a really weird one. Really weird one. Definitely win now. All
1: right. I'm going to counter a few of those things. So, Russell Westbrook, I would not be surprised if he led the league in assists with like 13 a game this season he's going to love playing with two superstars again for the first time since what, 2012 or something. So he gets to play with these top end players. And having said that, there's a lot of other guys, like Carmelo Anthony. Okay. He's not Denver Nuggets, Carmelo Anthony, or he's not New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony, but he can still shoot the ball. Oh the yeah. He was fit. very
0: good with Portland. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's settled into that late career role player role now, yeah. which he was reluctant to do in the back end previously. But, yeah, he's a good pickup for them.
1: And same deal with, you know, you're not getting Orlando, Dwight Howard, you're not getting LA Clippers, DeAndre Jordan, but just getting two guys that can catch lobs. And, again, Russ loves throwing those lobs. Yeah,
0: and defend the rim and, yeah, yeah. So
1: I think that's quite handy. Look, Malik Monk had a career year shooting the ball from three last year. He had a really decent game shooting the ball against the Nets, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Kendrick Nunn can shoot the ball as well. So I like those two young ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like good. They've, yeah. they've addressed some of the, the issues that they've got. Absolutely, I agree. And that was again my big question. Are they too old to contend?
0: And is it too many players to reintegrate? It's, I mean, it's a big chemistry experiment.
1: Well, it is. I mean, when you consider the guys they've lost, as you mentioned, Caldwell Pope and Caruso's gone, Drummond, Jared Dudley, Mark Gasol. A lot of defense. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma. Wesley Matthews, Ben McLemore. like it is they've almost they've lost a lot of defense. Like it's almost when you think about a hockey game, the line changes. <laughs> yes, it's basically a, it's pretty much a yeah, line change.
0: Yeah, but crazily, even if AB does go down, they can weather that big man position because of those veteran centers that they've acquired.
1: Yep. Well, so, this is it. Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan can play twenty minutes a game. You can play. I don't know. I don't think there's anyone that you can play as a small ball five. Maybe LeBron, but you, you wouldn't want to put him in that position. But, you know, I mean, this is the thing. You've got 59 all-star games between all of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Brooklyn's got 44 in second place at right, the moment. Right. So these are guys that know how to play. They know how to win. They're smart.
0: Would you start Monk at shooting guard? I'd have him starting at shooting I guard.
1: would start him ahead of Wayne Allenton, yeah, yes. definitely. 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 Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Horton Tucker takes over that position by the end of the season.
0: I'd I'd prefer Horton Tucker to Ellington too. Ellington, another one of these guys that played for a blue chip university and maybe didn't do as well in the pros as some people thought he might.
1: Look, he's a good shooter. We'll see how we go with that. But uh, no, definitely, I think it's an exciting season for the Lakers. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, if LeBron goes down or Anthony Davis goes down, Russell Westbrook's used to playing on teams where he's been the only guy with not not like any skill but he's been the guy who's, oh, who's yeah, led yeah. that team so they
0: should be able to weather injury pretty well
1: certainly a lot better than they did last season yeah, yeah. And, and that's what cost them ultimately if they could have you know gone up maybe two or three spots in the west they give themselves a better chance and they ran into the suns who were you know red, red hot. hot yeah absolutely so
0: now, speaking of injuries, we have a team that had to battle quite a few of them last season. The Golden State Warriors finished 39 and 33, which is good enough for ninth in the West. As I say, they pushed the Lakers in that play-in game. Their longest winning streak was six games, the last six of the regular season, funnily enough. So they went in good form. And their longest losing streak was four on two different occasions. They also had to weather a postponement. But as I say, most teams in the league did at one stage or another.
1: Yep. Yeah. So the Good season for Golden State considering. And a pretty good off season, considering as well. I mean, picking up Kaminga and Moody in the draft was great.
0: And getting Wiggins vaccinated. Getting
1: Wiggins vaccinated. <laughs> it's just, funny we, how quickly. We, well, yeah, exactly. Money talks. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, it really does. But I love the fact they've been able to pick up guys. So they've got Otto Porter, Andre Iguodala, and Nemanja Bielica all on minimum contracts. I love those three pickups. Gives them shooting. Gives them offense off the bench. I don't like what they had to give up. They had to give up Eric Pascal. I, like, I really, really liked him as that sort of Draymond Green sort of sized body. Obviously a little bit more scorey inside. Kelly Oubre, never really know about him. But again, you don't like that he had to leave. I think the, the one that hurts the most though is Nico Mannion. <laughs> the Italian Stallion. No, look, it's Nico Mannion left, as did Alan Smiley Geek, one, one of the best names ever. What what's your ceiling? I don't think
0: that's gonna move the needle too. No,
1: no. But with Clay Thompson not due back until early 2022 at the earliest, what do you reckon the ceiling is for this team? Championship. You really? Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the ceiling. I'm not saying they'll reach.
1: Well, that's what
0: that's what a ceiling is, right? Yeah.
1: So their ceiling is President of the United States. No, no, no. American. Well,
0: no, no, no. no. Detroit's ceiling is not championship. There's no fucking way they can win Why? a championship. They just happen to no, be, no. make every shot they no. shoot. Like- but Golden State could, if things go right, could win a championship. I don't think they will. Ooh. I don't think they will,
1: but they could. That's a big call for a team that's got Jordan Poole and Kavon Looney starting for at least the first half of the season. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Not, well, asked and answered, Your Honor. What, what, do, what do you think their ceiling is?
1: I think sixth.
0: Wow. Uh, so you think best case scenario is sixth? Yep. No, nah, no way. I really do No, nah, no. Nah. And look, again, I'm not saying they will. I think they'll probably finish in that four to six range. I don't think that's their ceiling. What's their flaw there? They're
1: starting Jordan Poole at shooting guard for the first half of the season. Yeah, okay, but they've got
0: plenty of other good players. They're yeah. not a bad team. You've
1: got Andrew Wiggins who will probably have a blood clot now from this. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I shouldn't have even
0: joke it. No, I can't
1: even joke about it. No, no. I just there's something about this team. I like Steph Curry will be great. Wiggins will be okay. I've always thought Wiggins is overrated, though. I've never really thought he was a top-tier sort of player. I, I don't know. I think Kaminga
0: could be an interesting trade chip for a veteran. Th-
1: this is this is probably the only thing that moves the needle. What can they get for either Kaminga or Wiseman? Yeah,
0: yeah. They they maybe need to keep Wiseman because they don't have as many bigs. Yeah. I mean, I know Kaminga's fairly big too, but out of those two, I'd probably keep Wiseman and maybe try and deal Kaminga.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what, if I'm another GM, I'd take Kaminga off your hands. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, again, there's just been reports of bad chemistry though. So,
1: yeah. Put him with the right coach. Yeah,
0: well, maybe. Yeah.
1: Send him to San Antonio.
0: Yeah, maybe. Get
1: get Pop to sort him out. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, sixth is their, that's their ceiling. Yeah,
0: no, fair. Look, that's probably where they will eventuate, in that four to six range. I'd but like, I think their ceiling is very high. I just don't think they'll reach this.
1: I also don't think that their base is, is very low. Either. No, no. Yeah. Like, I don't see them finishing out of the playoffs. Oh, no. They should In have. terms of like, they'll make the plane in yeah. at, at worst.
0: Yeah. Assuming they, and again, this is for every team, assuming they don't have some really major injury well, to a it. star.
1: If Steph does his knee in the first week, then yeah. they're a lottery team straight away. Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, exactly. I mean, prognostications are fool's errand because a guy could blow out his knee and or Achilles or, and change the, the landscape hands. of the entire league. Cut
1: his hand open, cutting open. And Avocado, over, yeah. Like yeah. yeah,
0: yep. Then finally, we've got the Sacramento Kings who finished 31 and 41, which was 12th place in the West. Their longest winning streak was five in late March and then their longest losing streak was straight after from the 1st of April, nine games.
1: Mm.
0: It's weird, isn't it? They mm. have their streaks back to back. Yeah,
1: that is weird. <sighs> Sacramento.
0: We don't We don't need to talk long about these guys, to me.
1: Okay. Simple question. Could the Kings be the best league pass team this season? No. Okay. Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, the 20 games that Marvin Bagley will play before he gets injured, <laughs> as he always does. Yeah. Oh, look, I think this could be a really fun team to watch. I don't think they're going to win a whole heap of games. No. Especially if you look at the bench as well. I mean, Buddy Healed, awesome. And then, really, you've got Tristan Thompson, who was serviceable. Alex Len, who, again,
0: serviceable. Chamezi Metu, serviceable. They've got a lot of guys that would be useful on contenders, Mm, actually. They
1: really do. But, yeah, I I just, yeah, I think they're going to be quite fun to watch. They're going to have a lot of highlights, a lot of really nice oohs and ahs plays. But I I just, yeah, I can't see them finish. I, I I don't even know if they'll win 31 games this season.
0: I think they will be one of the worst teams in the league, most yeah. probably. And it'll be interesting to see if De'Aaron Fox stays or if they trade. Well, it. they might have
1: to pull a pin midseason. Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox.
0: Well, it's one of the rumors. It's one of them, it's one of the ones that's out there.
1: I don't think Sacramento would make that play, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, maybe not.
1: Mm.
0: Next we have a division that accounted for half of the playoffs last season. Let's start with the Philadelphia 76ers, 49 and 23, good for first in the east. Their longest winning streak was eight in early to mid-May. They won 10 of their last 11 heading into the playoffs, so there was a lot of optimism going in there. The longest losing streak was four in late April. But as we know, Ben Simmons was a deer in the headlights when he had the monstrous Trey Young defending him under the basket.
1: Hey, six foot is six foot. <laughs> <God> <laughs> Christ.
0: This is a weird one, isn't
1: it? It is, yeah. I mean... Again, a lot of really big outs. I mean, Dwight Howard leaving, Mike Scott leaving, George Hill leaving, Ben Simmons all but out the door. Yeah, yep. And who do they get back? Andre Drummond, Shaquille Harrison, and Georges Nyang. It's not a great look. And the thing is, a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, but Philly can totally win without Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid's amazing. He could be the, the best player in the league. Absolutely, he could be but they still ain't winning shit. No way. Yeah.
0: no way. No so, way. Uh, because what people forget is, okay, yes, he had his offensive deficiencies, but Ben Simmons is one of, if not the best defender in the entire league.
1: Was two-time yeah. like, last season and the season before All-NBA first-team defensive.
0: So you challenge any team to do better without one of the best defensive players. It's it's not It's not an easy proposition the at leaders.
1: all. So, they had a 675 winning percentage with both of them in the lineup and a 490 when only one of them plays. So, yep. yeah, I think it is laughable to say that this team is, is capable of being as good, if not better, without Ben Simmons, as much as we joke about the fact that he wouldn't take a dunk over Trey Young.
0: The <laughs> only way it can be better is if they get a really good trade for him. But chances are that trade will involve pieces that they can't use right away anyway because they'll be draft picks. Now, that's not what they want, but will they get what they want? And if they start badly, if they falter out of the gates, they'll become more and more desperate to get rid of Simmons, to get someone in who will actually suit up and play for them. So, And that's basically what I expect will happen. I think they'll probably lose a little bit more than they thought they would at the beginning and then panic trade Simmons.
1: I really hope they hold it together and try and wait for another team to panic just as much as they are. Someone like a Washington or, heaven forbid, Portland with Damien Lillard, who's been in a lot of the talks.
0: Well, or McCollum.
1: Or McCollum, yeah. You know,
0: that'd be a good move, I think. Absolutely. Probably both teams, actually.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the best thing they can do, okay, it might mean that you have another dud season, but hold out, hold out as long as you possibly can and know that if you can make that trade, doesn't matter if you finish sixth or seventh. Yeah, you can still win a series. It doesn't yep. matter. You know the rest of the team is decent. Okay, like Danny Green is a little bit older, but he can still shoot the hell out of the ball. Oh, they have some
0: good play. You know, Shake Milton's a handy player.
1: Seth Curry had a great postseason.
0: Niang's a decent little pickup from Utah. Yep. He and, did some good things for them.
1: And obviously, we're forgetting Tobias Harris as well, who's a borderline All Star. Yeah. Well,
0: he's already, yeah, a key part of their rotation, who basically becomes their second best player without Ben playing. So, Fiebel played excellent in the Olympics. So, you'd have to hope he'd, he'd make the next step.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, they still have a great team.
1: They do. But,
0: but I, I just can't see them doing better than last season.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Not unless, as we say, they can somehow manage to get a trade for, I don't know, Simmons and a pick for Bradley Beal or... Well, si- McCollum would fit in nicely. Simmons McCollum. Yeah. But, like, there's, some, there's some trades that make sense, but you've just got to hope the teams will panic enough and pull the trigger. Otherwise, yeah, they could easily finish way down.
0: Next, we have the Brooklyn Nets, 48-24, and third in the East. If it went for the fact that Kevin Durant wears a shoe one size bigger than his actual foot, they might have, who knows, maybe even been
1: champions. Yeah, because 17's not fucking big enough. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But a last note, foot on the line, only a two, losing OT to Milwaukee, the eventual champions. Their longest winning streak was eight in mid-February. Their longest losing streak was four at the beginning of May. What do you reckon?
1: It's just, it's hard to know. It is, is, yeah, he, unfortunately Kyrie Irving is very much the X factor in this entire season for them. If he turns up and if he plays Kyrie Irving basketball, absolutely no one should be able to stop him. But if he decides he doesn't want to play or he doesn't want to get this vaccine and can't play in the state of New York and then James Harden does a hamstring or gets hurt the way he did last season, I think it just puts too much on Durant and unfortunately they probably don't come out of the East. I say unfortunately. I think this team should win it all.
0: I think they could still come out of the East even without Irving playing half the games. Paddy Mills is a big pickup for them. Again, played superbly in the Olympics.
1: But is he a starter?
0: I think he could be. Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, he's not an all-star. But yeah, I think he could. There's no reason why he couldn't start.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, they've they've got a decent bench. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge has come back to start at centre. You've got Paul Millsap... Probably backing him up, Blake Griffin. Blake
0: Griffin showed signs of life. In fact, he showed more than signs of life. He was actually bloody good in the playoffs at yeah. times. Yeah.
1: So look, they, yeah, you're right. Their depth is absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say off the chart, but it's it is a depth chart, so <laughs> it's absolutely on the chart in this case. Filling out the chart. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's guys like James Johnson, Paddy Mills, Paul Millsap. Those are the guys they need to step up. They need them to be. Yeah, first-class players for them. And, look, you expect they are all very good professionals. I expect them to come in and play good minutes. I just, yeah, it's it's all down to Cairo.
0: I think they can win without him. That's the beauty of the three-pronged stars. You can probably win with two out of three if you have good depth than they do.
1: You could win more with three of them. Oh, of course. Or four.
0: Next, we have the New York Knickerbockers, 41 and 31, which are good enough for fourth in the East. Their longest winning streak was nine games between mid to late April. Their longest losing streak was five games in mid-January. They didn't start well, but they finished with a wet sail and things were looking pretty good heading into the playoffs, which is why we both picked them over Atlanta. But then Randall decided to not play too well in the playoffs and, well, wasn't enough.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't. And look, they've And Again, they've made some good moves. So they've managed to get rid of Frankie Smokes, Frankie Tillichina. He's, <laughs> he's out the door. Reggie Bullock. Yes. Bullock. Bullock. So he's done. But the pickups, so Evan Fournier's come in. Kemba, Kemba Walker, Walker's come yeah. in. Dwayne Bacon's come in. We kind of scoffed a little bit at some of their contracts all of maybe what, a couple of months ago when they came out. The more I look at them, the more they make sense.
0: Well, I didn't realize that Fournier had a team option. Mm. So if he doesn't pan out, they can jettison the last year of that deal. Yeah. Again, I think the the Noel deal, big men just, you have to pay bigs more money because they're fewer and further between.
1: Yeah, So big shot blockers, definitely.
0: But you, you're you bigger on Fournier than me. He plays great for France. I just don't know about the NBA.
1: So we've got to come up with some sort of machine that makes him think he's playing internationally.
0: Ah, they should change their colours.
1: Yes, they should. mm the Knicks coming out in there all, all whites with blue trims. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. could happen. similar yeah. to what they already wear. Yeah, they
0: could start playing the French national anthem before
1: games. Look, here's here's the weird thing about New York. So they were the second best three-point shooting team by percentage last season, but only Washington, San Antonio, and Cleveland took fewer shots.
0: Hmm. So they picked their spots.
1: So they picked their spots. They don't have good volume shooters or they didn't have good volume shooters. That's where guys like Kemba Walker... Okay, he had a pretty rough season last season, but you know he's a very, very good player, and that's where Fournier comes in as well. He can light it up. Burke's 13 points a game on 41% from deep last season. Honestly, the only thing that kind of sucks for me about their lineup is that Noel's going to eat into Obi Toppin's minutes.
0: Well, I was going to say, for me, it's the existing guys that I'm most interested in rather than the guys they've picked up. It's RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin, again, developing further after another off-season and another year under their belt.
1: I I dare say this team looks, I don't want to say significantly better than last season, but they look better. They certainly look better on paper anyway.
0: Well, Kemba's a wild card, isn't he? If Kemba plays well, then there's every reason to believe they could finish fourth again. I don't know if they could finish higher than fourth.
1: I've got them in the 4-5 again as well. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think that's probably around where they'll sit. yeah. Next, we have the Boston Celtics, who were 500, 36 and 36, which was good enough for seventh in the East. Their longest winning streak was six games in mid-April. Their longest losing streak was four in late May. They sputtered into the playoffs, losing three of their last four, and they also had to handle a few postponements throughout the course of the season, too. It was a bit of a funny season for them after a very good season in the bubble.
1: It's been a rubbish 12 months for the Celtics. Really, it has, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, if you look at what's happened in the off-season we just mentioned Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. They also lost Senni Ogilvy and they lost Tristan Thompson. And what they got back in return... Yeah, check your bags at the door, Stewie. Go Schroeder financial! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, shit. But yeah, Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Ennis Cantor, Al Horford. It's not quite the same level of quality that they're getting back.
0: There's a lot of buzz about Horford being in great shape and basically had a year off. He's had a holiday, so, yes.
1: At at OKC's expense? Yes. okay. Well, at their
0: choice as well. Yes,
1: that's very true, actually. Yeah. Are the Celtics risers or fallers this season? Oh, they've
0: got to be risers, surely. They've got to finish above 500, I would think.
1: It's funny that their team got worse, but they'll probably finish with a better record. I think this is the year Brown and Tatum... I don't want to say become Jordan and Pippen, but they become like one of those ridiculous tandems where guys are not going to be able to stop them. And, you know, don't be surprised if that allows guys like Marcus Smart, to a lesser extent, Josh Richardson. Peyton Pritchard will come in. And yeah, have... I'm not
0: I'm not a big fan of Josh Richardson.
1: I know you don't like But him. he's handy.
0: He is handy. It's There's a golden opportunity for him to get good minutes and play a significant role for them. Mm. So he, all the incentive is there.
1: That's it. And, and look, guys aren't going to be able to stop Tatum and Brown at the same time. So Richardson will get a lot of open looks. So, yeah. Don't and the surprised. two Williamses
0: are intriguing pieces too, aren't
1: they? Oh, Time Lord. Robert, Robert, <laughs> I, I love Robert Williams. I'm a big fan too. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he takes Horford's starting spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I really yeah. think he should. So, yeah, I, I like both of them. As, I think the big thing for me is I think this is a year Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith, they, they will take off this year. I think they're going to get a lot of shots up. I think they're going to make a lot as well. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you see those guys. Romeo Langford, another one who, you know, this is kind of the year that he needs to make a move. Otherwise, he's out the league pretty much. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys that have a reason to perform this year. And I think the Celtics will be quite fun.
0: I think I, they'll sit around that New York range, I think. Yeah. The 4-5 oh, kind of stuff. Oh,
1: Celtics, Knicks. How good would that be? Could happen. Fuck, that would be good. And
0: then finally, through the only team that didn't make the playoffs from this division last season, the Toronto Raptors, 27-45, and 45, 12th in the East. Their longest winning streak was four on two different occasions. Their longest losing streak was nine on the back of two postponements. And looking back at it, the postponements were basically the beginning of the end of their season. Like, if you look at how their schedule panned out, those postponements kind of was how it turned to shit.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm just—it's hard to get excited about the Raptors right now. It really is. They've thrown a lot of money at Fred Van Vliet. They've thrown a lot of money at Gary Trent and Pascal Siakam. I just—you're looking at their team, and I'm just—I I can't get excited.
0: Well, Siakam—if Siakam's your big banana, you may be in a bit of trouble.
1: If Ken Birch is your starting center, you're fucked. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Uh, well, I think we could see Precious Atua in that role by the end of
1: the season. I think Chris Boucher, how's he not starting? Well, he,
0: he yeah, yeah.
1: Makes no sense, yeah. honestly. I, I just, yeah. And, and obviously, look, they've lost the heart and soul of their team with Kyle Lowry going down to Miami. I get it. He's got to chase a ring. Well, the, Yeah, his second ring anyway. Mm. Greedy. <laughs> but uh, no, look, this is just, it's just a team that's hard to get excited for. Like, Goran Dragic is kind of at the end of his career, I'm amazed that Sam Decker's even still in the league. Speed McKay looks a guy who kind of shows glimpses of being great and then not.
0: My most interest is in the young fellas. So Scotty Barnes, Barnes. the guy who was drafted. And who was it? I think it was David Thorpe was saying he had him at number two. That's how high he was on him. So I think him and OG Ananubi, you know, another season, again, one of those young guys that will maybe take the next step. Van Van Vliet, they need to really produce.
1: I just don't see it. I don't don't see him becoming more than what he was last season.
0: Well, given the juggernauts in the East, it makes sense for Toronto to do a bit of rebuilding over the next couple of seasons. It's not a bad thing if they get a high draft pick. Of course. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, build around Barnes, build around Siakam. Yeah, try (laughs) try and get somebody to come up.
0: And Siakam's saying all the right things. He wants to be the big man on campus. He wants to be the guy. So... It's the shooting percentages that we need to worry about a little bit. But this is another one. I find these guys uh, maybe a bit like Cleveland. It's They will probably be really shit, but I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow managed 35, 40 wins as well.
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah. If you saw them in the seven seed, you wouldn't be shocked. No. But you'd also be shocked. Like, it's just such a weird, weird spot for them. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lean year in Toronto, unfortunately.
0: I'm sure, you know what that music means. What are you up for?
1: Well, I'm pretty amped to watch Thomas Bryant and Montrez Harrell holding Bradley Bill down for his first COVID jam. <laughs> they could make it a pay per view. Oh, I'd pay for that, absolutely. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, the pink ball test is done between India and Australia, so it's time for the T20s. Pretty keen to check a couple of those out if any luck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we will review that series when it's all done and dusted.
1: How about yourself, mate?
0: Well, a couple of really big matchups in the conference play in the NFL. So the Rams and Seahawks in the NFC, and over in the AFC, a massive game between the Chiefs and Bills, who have both started fairly well until next time I'm Nath and I'm Stu we are the Sportplex